Russell Westbrook and Kyrie Irving are like the two guys that you wouldn't even let babysit your children for like two hours. Welcome back to The Unrestricted. I'm Jeff Vexler. That's the bulldog, Richie Carnahan. How are you guys doing today? Man, I'm awesome. And in studio, we have our friend, lifelong friend, Carter Mayfield, to uh, help us break down kind of everything that's been going on in the sports world over the last couple of days. We have the Spurs, Russell Westbrook, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. The NBA soap opera is upon us now that free agency period has begun, right? Like, this is where it gets bananas. Are you ready, Spurs fans, for the Russell Westbrook era? Please tell me more. I feel like it's happening. And all of the talk all over SpursReport.com, shout out to our guy Dusty Garza and, and Michael Harmon. All the talk is, here comes Russell Westbrook. Look, you have unhappy players, Carter, all over the NBA, right? KD wants out. Kyrie Irving wants out. Russell Westbrook doesn't fit in L.A. He likely wants out, even though the Lakers are trying to sell this six-pound bag of shit that they're going to keep him, okay, and, like, make a run at the title. They have no chance with as they're currently constructed. So the obvious framework, generally, would be some sort of a Kyrie gets to L.A., Russell Westbrook goes somewheres else, and Kevin Durant goes to Phoenix or Miami or the city of his choosing. So the whole world is abuzz with who are the natural teams that could take on a contract like Russell Westbrook's. And the Spurs are the first team that pops out in like highlighted glittered letters because we have the cap space. You want him? What can we get for him? It'd be a lot of trade capital. Are you here for the Spurs Westbrook era, Richie? I don't know if we have a choice. <laughs> it's a good we, point. We, we've got the cap space. We're going to launder that contract is what it feels like. Um, give the fine folks of San Antonio a little glimmer of a player that was great 10 years ago. Yep. And even when he was great, he was still shooting 40% from the floor. Look, I don't think if he played for the Spurs, okay, it wouldn't hurt our chances of tanking and still getting Victor in the, in next year's draft. It's not like he's going to make us into a 50-win team. But there is a second part of it that could play out. The Spurs could take the contract and then immediately buy him out, right? And he'd go on to the open market. And, boy, it'd be really hard for him to catch on with another team because um, I'm not sure who wants him at any cost. And then the question becomes, if you do let him play, are you letting the wolf into the hen house? I, I, I don't know. Do you want him around your young players? I don't know that he has the personality and or the desire. If he has to come to San Antonio, he's just going to get paid. He's going to play. If we buy him out, who, who's going to pick him up? I don't know. Maybe no one. Like, he might wind up playing for the Shanghai Sharks. Russell Westbrook and Kyrie Irving are like... The two guys that you wouldn't even let babysit your children for like two hours. You're going to ask one of them or both to come in and watch your rookies try to expand their games and grow into professional NBA players? I don't think so, man. Sounds like a terrible idea to me. But if it assures us of 21 wins, brother, I'm down. Look, it's not like the Spurs haven't done this before, okay? Does anybody remember the awesome Dominique Wilkins era? Vaguely. 
Vaguely. We gave him the ball and said, hey, shoot it as many times as you want. You're coming off an Achilles injury. And he wasn't terrible. He had like 17 points a game. And we sucked out loud. And we got Tim Duncan in, 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 in the draft sweepstakes, right? It's not like we haven't done this before. But does this set us up for minimal success now and maximal success in the future? Possibly. If we get Victor Wimbanyana as the number one pick, absolutely. I, I think it, it takes you up to mediocrity and then doesn't really help you out in the, in the future. Does Russell Westbrook actually help you win games next year? Honestly, I, I don't know. I don't think so. He couldn't win with LeBron and with Anthony Davis. I think he, he's, he's, he's subtraction by addition in like the classic sense. I think we could suck just as bad by not picking up his contract. Of course. We could suck bad with him or without him. So either way, it certainly seems like there's something going on in the works where there's a three-team deal that winds up putting Kyrie Irving in L.A., with LeBron, because, by, by the way, Kyrie Irving had no interest from any other teams. All 29 other teams were like, no, nah, we don't want the dude. But the Lakers, he does have a history with LeBron, and maybe that's where he winds up. Yeah, and I heard that he he's came out publicly and said, I was immature, and it should have worked with LeBron. We should have won several championships together. Now I'm ready to do that. He still is immature. Yeah, ain't nothing changed. Like I said, I wouldn't let him babysit my kids for an hour. They'd come home flat earthers. Kanye uh, Irving. Kanye Irving, that's right. <laughs> I'm just getting ready for his Sunday, um, his Sunday revival show with Kanye. What's that going to look like? Oh, a lot of music, mm-hmm. um, a, a, a lot of prophecies, <laughs> a lot of flat earth uh, discussions. Sounds great. I'll never watch it. So, so, so to Westbrook, Jeff, would Westbrook give you an entertaining but tanking team. I don't know. And that's what the Spurs have to be asking themselves, right? Does Westbrook put butts in the seats? My guess is no. Yeah, my answer is no. I don't think anybody in San Antonio is even halfway interested in like even going to more than two games to see Russell Westbrook go chuck up 30 shots on on 29% shooting and the Spurs lose by 18. That doesn't sound interesting. I don't know. If you have somebody covering the press conference, don't you want them wearing a jazzy suit yeah do you do and he would russ russ is quite sharply dressed yes he he's brought back the suit that are shorts actually yes the angus acdc look <laughs> exactly it's exactly so, so i think he brings inter- i think he brings entertainment value if that's what you're looking for entertaining and bad i think i think there's the entertainment level is there i think you've heard me say this i just want to be young dumb and fun next year and maybe is Russell Westbrook part of the fun equation? I think he brings the dumb. It's <laughs> <laughs> it's a hell of a lot better than having Kyrie Irving. Okay, so get that out of our heads. That ain't happening. Now here's where at I least get. Westbrook will play. He will play. <laughs> Look, Russell Westbrook. We can shit all over him for being an inefficient player, but the dude plays his balls off he is actually exciting to watch because he is a warrior on the floor and he'll snarl at you when he makes his first layup out of his first six attempts it it it, it can be entertaining i just don't know that's the direction we want to go jeff well what is the direction we want to go because here's here's where this gets weird right pop made it very clear coming down the stretch of last season that tanking is just not what the Spurs do. He said, quote, give me a second to read this, boys. So I put on my old man glasses. Part of it is, it's just not 
who we are. It's not who I am. I can't operate like that. Now, I'm not one to call bullshit on Coach Pop because I love me some Pop. But Pop, that's bullshit. We absolutely tanked to get Tim Duncan. We absolutely did. Right. Right? Saying it's not who you are, eh, it kind of is. But here's what I think the difference is. We knew that we had the Admiral coming back. So it was a short-term tank, to quote. It was. To quote the dancing doctor. It was an honest tank. Yep. Now, we got butkus. <laughs> we got nada. We, we really don't have much. Well, here, here's the thing. If, we don't, if, if the Spurs is not a tanking team by nature, we just need to do everything. It's like that Seinfeld episode. Everything the opposite of what we normally do. <laughs> and can you imagine a less Spursy player than Russell Westbrook? Perfect. Exactly. Bring him in, I say. Bring just him go in. against all of our uh, natural inclinations. Yes. No defense, no ball movement. Russell, just jam it to the hole. Yes. And Dougie McDermott's anytime you catch it, shoot it. We need 24 shots out of you. Gorgie Jang, same thing, dude. 21 shots a night out of you at 31% efficiency. That's what we're going to ask for. Shooter's got to shoot. Shooter got to shoot, baby. <laughs> you might get hot. Let me continue with Pop. He says the young players gain a real understanding of philosophical moral space, where it's the right thing to do, to continue to compete. Frankly, I don't know how I would go to my team and say, okay, guys, we're not going to compete the way we should. Or how do you get that across? With a wink and a nod? I think the players, you do the players a disservice if they're not able to go out and perform to the best of their ability. There is the parenthetical where it's like, you're not actually tanking. Popovich doesn't go to his guys and say, don't play hard. He puts them in a situation or, or uh, uh, the Spurs front office puts the team in a situation where they just flat out can't, right? You don't ever have to say, don't play hard in order to be shitty. I don't know how much draft capital could be coming, okay, in a three-way swap that sends Kyrie to LA and then Russell Westbrook to San Antonio, but it could be a lot, okay? Multiple first-round picks. To add on to our multiple first-round picks. Yes, and I am all about that. Gaining draft capital always ends up good for teams like the Spurs who are trying to rebuild. I get a little dicey on this one part, okay, guys? We don't want the Rockets to get any better than they already are, and I'm already terrified of them. Yeah, they won 20-odd games last year, and they were young, and they were dumb, and they didn't look like they were going to be any good anytime soon. However, they just got Jabari Smith in the draft. They got three great young players, talented players, I should say. Houston's going to get scary with their youth movement, and this is where it's terrifying. They got all of Brooklyn's first-round draft picks in exchange for for James Harden. Right. So the worse Brooklyn is in the next five years, the better the picks are for the Houston Rockets, who are already chock full of young talent. That's not good. So the Spurs are are playing three-dimensional chess. They better be right now because taking on Russell Westbrook seems like it might get us some good draft capital. But it would also better the draft capital of the Houston Rockets. I get scared when it's like, are we also helping Brooklyn get bad? The best thing that could possibly happen for the Spurs is that KD and Kyrie figure it out, 
Ben Simmons comes back to ball, and they wind up having themselves a damn good season next year, and they screw up Houston's low draft picks uh, by virtue of doing so. And somehow, the Spurs find a way to do another three-teamer that doesn't involve Kyrie Irving and doesn't involve Kevin Durant and gets what Russell Westbrook here because we don't want Los Angeles's first-round draft picks because they don't have much capital left. They're all way out. They're in like 27 and 28. I'm not even interested in those any longer. You're going to have to find another team, like somebody you're betting against to be shitty for the next five years. I don't know. Sacramento. Somehow you're going to need those picks, not Los Angeles. This is the three-dimensional chess thing. I just, I still don't see any reason to get Westbrook. Because he brings back draft capital. And you're going to be crappy anyway. Unless you're one of these guys, Richie, that is saying to himself, hey, the Spurs have a lot of cap space. Why don't they go after Donovan Mitchell? I wouldn't hate that. I wouldn't hate that either, but is Donovan Mitchell going to make us an actual threat next year? Or does he just help us go where Carter was, was, was lamenting a minute ago? to 38, 42 wins. That's all Donovan Mitchell does if he's on our roster, right? Let's get out of the middle. Let's get out of that. Is there any way that we can get the spider and then get Quinn next year and then get the kid from France? I think that's best case scenario. Sure. So what if you say, hey, Donovan Mitchell, yeah, you're going to come to us this year, but we're not going to play you. You have a hangnail. (laughs) You're out all year long. You really think he's going to be interested in that? No, I don't think so either. If you you could do the same thing with DeAndre Ayton, right? You swing a deal with Jakob Pertl and a couple picks from the Spurs, and you bring in DeAndre Ayton, and you say, DeAndre, we love having you here. That's the uh, exercise bicycle over there in the corner. We're going to see you on that for the next nine months. I don't know if a 22-year-old DeAndre Ayton is going to be interested in that. No, he's not. Particularly if DeAndre Ayton knows that what you're actually trying to tank for is the seven foot four guy who's going to replace him at his position. Yeah. I, I think KD's thoughts are I can get to the Suns, you guys get Ayton, figure it out. Yep. Um, but then lately I've been hearing that KD wants to go back to Golden State. Oh, come on. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah. How's that happen? I don't know. Hasn't Draymond Green been saying nice things about KD lately? Yes. Sure has. Yes. What the fuck does Golden State want Kevin Durant back with? They're the defending champions, and they've got, like, great up-and-coming young players. They have a second wave coming, like the Spurs did when they got Kawhi. Like, oh, we're going to elongate our dynasty. Had that work out for us. Yeah, it was going pretty good until Kawhi, you know, and Uncle Dennis, or whatever the hell his name was, just turned their ass on us. We had a great plan. It was. It was a great laid plan that got screwed by one narcissist who, by the way, is. do you think anybody's happy to have Kawhi Leonard? Toronto was for one year. But do you feel like the Clippers have been happy to have him? Well, the Clippers, it's funny because for the national media, they still think the Clippers are pretty good. Uh, They have high odds to uh, win the West next year, even though we actually haven't seen them healthy and whole in two years. Is it just because it's the L.A. market or like? I don't know. There are still Spurs fans out there that think that we're going after one to two players in the free agent market this this summer to make us better next year. And I'm here to tell you, I think you are all wrong. 
I, I'm excited. I'm again. I don't know that we know how to tank. Have we assembled the perfect team for tanking? But we'll 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 get it figured out. Yeah. Just be really crappy and young. It always works in this league. You don't win when you're young, and particularly when you're devoid of a lot of young talent, which I hate to say the Spurs also are. And there's no way that all of the fans out there that are calling for Brian Wright's general manager job, the guy is locked in. There's no way you're trading DeShante Murray if you think that your job is in jeopardy. He knows he's here for the rebuild for at least five years. Ever since Kawhi did what he did, we've had a it's been a six year hangover. And I don't feel like we've got any Pedialyte in the fridge <laughs> to revive us. <laughs> Can you sit through a season of twenty wins? We kinda have. Well, yeah, sort of, but they were forty win seasons and thirty four win seasons, which isn't bad enough. Yeah. It's we- gonna have to be really bad. Yeah. You're gonna have to smell the stench from your house. Yeah. Okay. You're good with that. Yes, because 40 wins doesn't smell a lot better. No, it doesn't. Carter, you're ready for that? We got it. We got a tank. Is one season enough? It is if you get the if big get French the, kid, Victor. We want. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but it again, is. and we talked about this last year. You got to be shitty and you got to be lucky. Yes, sir. 14% chance. That's right. Being the, the shittiest team in the NBA, and then you still only have a 14% chance to get that. Ping pong ball. And That's we don't right. get him, and then what happens? You go after Scoot Henderson, who might also be a franchise-saving kind of player who would be the second-best player in next year's draft, which would be a very nice second-place prize. It's like getting John Morant in the Zion Williams and sweepstakes. It Anybody would run be. the numbers on, on that coming to fruition? Odds of, the, odds mean, of one of the those two. Between the two of them, probably 40%? Close to 30 yeah, at least. 30%. Yeah. But then you look at all the draft capital we have, so potentially have like a five, and then we've got all these other first-rounders that we can package together to make a move. There is nobody on the planet, I don't care who you're giving up, that is going to trade out of the number one pick oh, yeah. uh, next year. Because that's how much of a prospect Victor Wimbanyan. If y'all haven't looked up oh, the I watched- video of him kicking Rudy Gobert's ass when he was 16 years old, look it up. It's amazing. I mean, he, he's got the length... He's super skinny, but the way he handles the ball, he shoots it like Durant. Yeah, and he's seven foot four. And by the way, Chet Holmgren, who had a great summer league debut the other night, okay, and everybody's like, ah, he should have gone number one. We told you, man, chill out. It's summer league, man. Summer league just just reinforces what you already feel about the player. That's all it ever does. But Chet had a great night the other night. I watched uh, the under eighteens when Victor. Beat the shit out of Chet Holmgren like 18 months ago. It was something to behold. Not that Chet didn't hold his own. He had a nice game. But Victor was better and younger and bigger and a better shooter. It's, I mean, he's freakish. So the team to keep an eye on, because if you're looking at it being a tank season. What? What? Who's it going to be? Utah. That's right. That's exactly right. The team to keep your eye on is Utah. Because there aren't that many teams right now in the NBA that look like they're going full frickin' tank mode next year. There's a lot of young teams like Sacramento and Orlando that aren't going to be very good, but they're going to be trying like hell to win. The Spurs and who else are in full tank mode? Well, OKC's not really in full tank mode. They have these good young guys, and they're going to be trying to develop. Now, they're 
they're still going to lose a lot of games, but they have more talent on that roster than do the Spurs. The only other team that might be joining the Spurs conversation for the Victor Wambanyana sweepstakes is the Utah Jazz. Yeah. They already dealt Rudy Gobert to Minnesota for like the biggest haul I can possibly imagine for a seven foot four guy who really can't play well or much in the playoffs because he can't guard out on the floor. They gave away seven first round picks for him. That's a lot, Carter. I wouldn't have thought they could do that. But in the short term, Minnesota probably gets a little better. Utah obviously gets a little bit worse. And now it's Danny Ainge sitting in his new comfortable GM chair in Utah saying, all right, I got this young 25-year-old borderline superstar, Donovan Mitchell, who the fans love. And he apparently likes being in Salt Lake. I can ship him and we can go into full tank mode. Or I can keep him and try to build around, build around him over the next two years. So we need to be monitoring every single thing Danny Ainge does in Utah. So if you're a Spurs fan, would you rather be a Jazz fan? Yeah. Next year? Yeah. Absolutely. You're rooting for the Jazz to win every freaking ball game next year. Any funny stories come out of y'all's 4th of July? A gentleman here in San Antonio decided the best way to light a firework was on top of his head. <laughs> That gentleman is no longer with us. No. Dead? Dead. How did, uh, how did he manage that? Poorly? <laughs> no, I, I don't understand. He tried to light a firework on his head? What? Yes. A court, I'm, I'm reading the article right now, uh, local news. Witness and a friend told the police that the man, who has been identified, and I will not read his name, shooting off a firework with them when he decided to light a mortar-style firework <gasps> from on top of his head. Now, look, wow. I can tell you that's not going to end well. Oh, my God. Here, here is the no shit part of this news story. Police reported that witnesses told them that he had been drinking at the time of the incident. <laughs> <laughs> you don't that's, say. That's more than just drinking, man. Like a bunch of White Claws and Miller Lite. Like, you got to be drinking turpentine to make that decision. I think a more accurate uh, uh, post would have been was freebasing yeah, before right. he decided <laughs> to put a mortar on his head. How y'all feel out there? Do you feel good? I said, do you feel good? Come on. The groove feel good when it make you move. Make your next move your best move. Uh -huh. I said the groove feel good when it make you move. Make your next move your best move. Uh -huh.